Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of With Love Alexa. Today I have Garrett Powell with me. He was a contestant on Bachelorette 15 um, with Hannah Brown. And today we're just going to talk about life, his story, and how he stays strong during hard times. Hi Garrett, how are you? I'm good. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, I'm excited. I love talking to people and we all have our own story, our own journey. So it's kind of fun to get to hear everyone else's. Yeah, it is. We, we all kind of have the same struggles in a way. So it's good to hear people open up about it. Yeah, no, I for sure. I agree. I think sometimes like you can feel alone in your struggle. So hearing other people, it kind of helps a little bit. So, you mm-hmm. know, you're not alone. Agreed. Completely agree. So I guess to start off, how... Where are you from? I know Southern, but yeah, from, uh, in from the South. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so you're in the same. I forgot you're in the same state as Hannah. Well, you. Yeah, be, she's, but... she was next door in Tuscaloosa. It was about um, about 45 minutes, an hour drive away. Yeah, that's so crazy that you yeah. guys like end up on the same on the show, and then you're happen to be like an hour away from each other. Yeah, it, it might not be just a coincidence. Maybe they kind of planned it that way, but it's, uh, it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so. Did you did you know that like when you signed up, like it was going to be her, or did you not yet at that point? No, I didn't know. I actually, I didn't sign up. My sister in law signed me up, <laughs> and um, I just kind of went through the motions during the interview. But you don't find out who the actual bachelorette is until uh, like two days before limo scene. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. Yeah. Like, what if you don't like the person and then you're like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> exactly. It's just, I was like, okay, she's cute. Cool. Like, I guess I'll give it a try. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, how's life? Like, how, what were you like growing up? Like, what was like life pre-Bachelorette? Um, it was uh, just like any... I guess any Southern guy just filled with sports. I grew up um, in a suburb of Birmingham called Homewood. We've got a twin brother, older sister, mom and dad are still together. And we just, you know, played every sport under the sun. And that was life for us. You know, we didn't really um, give too much weight to anything else. But besides uh, the joke is Jesus and football. So <laughs> that's, yeah, <laughs> that's really all it was growing up. Um, very loving family. We, um, went through some tough times as a family, but also went through some great times as a family. And, you know, it was just your average American kid growing up, I guess. So what was your favorite sport? Was it football playing or? Yeah, it actually was football. And I, I pursued football my freshman year of college, found out way um, early that I was uh, too small and I didn't like getting beat <laughs> up every day. So then I transitioned to golf and, um actually still a golf professional today no way that's so cool yeah it's fine you so is that like your main job right now like your main profession is golf yeah so I'm not like the golf professional that like you see on tv I'm not a touring professional my job is I work at a private club and I basically support the membership run tournaments for the membership I play in professional events but not like pj tour stuff um, and teach and that's that's what I do. Very cool. No, that that would be like a lot of fun to me, especially I guess. Yeah. And it's pretty much warm there all the time. So I yeah, guess it's, it's not, right. It's not bad yeah. today. It's like 
high fifties in January. So it's not that bad at all. Oh, I'm jealous. We just had, I'm in Michigan. So we had like three inches oh, of snow the last like two days and it's like 20 degrees. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it is sunny. So that's pretty nice. Like looking out my window, it's at least sunny. Well, we'll be, uh, we'll be jealous of y'all come summertime. Trust me. <laughs> oh, cause it's really hot there, right? It's hot, but it's really humid. I mean, if it, like, oh, it's 90, pretty humid actually in Michigan. It's, is it? Yeah, it could be like ninety percent humidity. Oh man, okay. Oh yeah, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're not that jealous then. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. It's like because I like like places like Vegas or like they're like dry humidity or like dry, so it's not humid. It's, mm -hmm. so it's like nicer, even though they're a hundred degrees. At least it's not humid. See, I've, I I like it too, but like I went to Colorado one time and played golf out there, but because it's not humid, I wasn't really sweating, so I didn't really realize I was getting dehydrated, you know? And so uh, yeah. at least being from down here, you kind of know, okay, I kind of need to drink some water, but yeah. it hit me, hard, hit me hard out there. No, that's actually true, because like sometimes you forget to like drink water in those drier areas, and then you're just yeah. too late. Yeah. So, For sure. no, I, yes, I agree. <laughs> Um, so was it hard for you? Like when you realized like football wasn't for you anymore, like did it, was it kind of like hard mentally or were you ready at that point? It was hard mentally because I, I knew that I pursued, I mean, my dad played football in college at Auburn university. And so I, I knew I kind of pursued it for him. And, yeah. um, my senior year, I had, a had a couple of like division one double a offers but i had a pretty serious leg injury and broke my leg and lost those offers and i think i still pursued football to kind of prove it to myself and prove it to my family and prove it to everybody else and so it was a little difficult to say hey i'm gonna go play golf instead of football because you kind of you know i remember thinking just kind of having a little bit of fear of people judging me of like yeah. oh like, what if he's not tough because he's playing golf now so it, it was it was a little mental hurdle to get over, but obviously For it was the sure. right. Choice. No, that would be, I would think that'd be like really hard. Cause it's like you, your whole life or for however long, this was your plan. Like this is what you mm -hmm. wanted. And it's like, you can't do it anymore. Yeah. And it's like, what did you have like support from your family or was it like hard on them too? I did. Um, they've always been very supportive. I've been very lucky from that standpoint, but my father actually, one day, we were talking about what I was going to do. And he's like, honestly, son, I feel like your passion's golf. And it was almost like mentally I needed to hear that. And he didn't know I needed to hear that. But once he said that, I was like, okay, I can jump on this new ship and uh, pursue yeah. that career. No, we are very fortunate. Like I am too. Like I um, have like the best family. Like they've supported me in everything I do. And it's like really nice, like you, cause you don't want to let the people you love down. Yeah, exactly. It's a big asset to have. Yeah. Cause I originally like from high school all the way through college, I wanted event planning. That was like my dream to be an event mm -hmm. planner. And I had gotten in a bad car accident and had like a mild traumatic brain injury and I have chronic pain now from it. And I can't do any mm -hmm. of that. So it was really hard for a while because it's like, that's what I wanted but yeah. I can't lift. I can't be on my feet for hours at a time. So it's like, it was like really like, and for even a couple of years, I couldn't even work because it was yeah. so bad. And wow. I thankfully had that support of my family and they're like, 
you're doing amazing things and it's just like that's you need that yeah yeah you really do especially I mean, even more so in your situation, that's obviously way more of a difficult situation than mine was, but no, but um, st- it's all, everyone's situation's different and it's their yeah. own. And, yeah, that's true. And, and you had a broken leg, an injury that pretty much probably took most of it out. So that's, that wasn't easy either. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's, you just kind of realize that, you know, being a stubborn teenager, you think you got things <laughs> figured out and right? that, that was, <laughs> one of life's first lessons that it taught me of, Hey, like, you know, you might not have everything figured out and this might not, your, your plan might not be what you're meant to actually do. Right. Like I would have never thought I'd be doing podcasting. Yeah. That was never. And and now it's like, because of this situation, it like turned into something even better. And like for you, now you have golf and you get to do Mm -hmm. all these like cool things, like teach people and, create these events for golf, like at the club and. Yeah, it all works out. It all works out and we got lucky. Um, So how was the transition like from now being a golf, like your golf and now like going on to the bachelorette, like you obviously had to leave your job and just like, did you, and your sister-in-law, you said signed you up. So you had at least some, some good family support there like how was it was it scary like to go on like because you obviously had no idea what to expect yes I didn't watch the show I watched I mean like I maybe watched like four or five episodes with like girlfriends in the past but I never really watched it right didn't know how big it was um I actually got dumped by a girl I was dating from Atlanta and two days after that is when my sister-in-law signed me up and and she I think she mentioned it to me but I just didn't think she was serious and yeah got a call in like October from a a producer and I mean honestly my mindset during the interview process was there's no way they're going to pick me but I'll give it a shot which I think helped me but going on the show there's definitely a lot of uncertainty um it was definitely the toughest part for me was definitely after the show versus like getting geared up for the show right for sure and you made it to top six, four? Five, top five. Oh, okay. That's why I thought you were like right there. Yeah. So like, <laughs> how was that whole process? Like being there in the, like now you're fighting for this one girl. And like with these yeah. guys creating friendships too. It's-, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's interesting. It's a mental battle. Um, I handle it pretty well. Uh, I just remember like at some point when you, when it goes down to the end, you start kind of questioning yourself a little bit. And I mean, I remember sitting next to Pete, who's a airline pilot, sat next to Jeff, who is awesome at the guitar. sat next to Tyler C. He looks like a Greek God. And I remember thinking, why am I here? Like, like, but then you have to constantly tell yourself, I'm obviously here because I bring something specific to the table and I might not be able to identify what it is, but, um, I'm here and it it was, it was difficult for a little bit. Um, thankfully we had a great group of guys around there too, for the most part. But I honestly remember feeling my biggest feeling when I got sent home was relief. That was the, I mean, cause that, that, that show takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot out of you mentally and, I just, I mean, I was obviously like torn, but 
the biggest feeling was definitely relief. It was kind of strange. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. And then now, like, once the show is airing, it's a whole new, like, world. Oh, yeah. Now, especially with social media. Like, years ago, like, that wasn't as much of a big deal because, like, there really wasn't social mm-hmm. media. But people can be really mean and people can be really great. So, like, how is that, like, seeing yourself on TV and then, like, getting people, like, hearing people's thoughts well that was tough um i'd say you you don't know what they're going to show in every wrong move like i remember i did something that eight producers recommended i do in scotland and it ended up backfiring but i just i thought they were looking out for my best interest so i like trusted them and did what they said and um i got that was like the first time i ever got like serious scrutiny and I remember thinking just like, oh my gosh, man. And I would get so nervous for every episode because I just didn't know like what they were going to show or what they're, what, what story they're going to try to push. And then after the show, it was just a lot of pressure. Um, definitely enjoyed it, but I just, again, I didn't, I didn't know how big the show was. And so there was, is a huge spotlight, like, you know, going out in public was obviously different um and um then the following year just with everything everything going on people just looking at everything you do you know kind of judging you for it and you know obviously I'm a deep south republican and obviously I was gonna you know favor one candidate over the other one and I got a lot of heat for that too and that was tough to deal with also and it was um it was a grind man it's still a grind it's still something yeah. I'm dealing with right now, you know, um, had to probably seek therapy for it. What's that? It'll probably will be for a while. Cause I mean, you were still like a recent season, like, and you were top five. So like people are watching for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. It's, it just, I got in a really dark place and, you know, things that have helped is support from my friends and family. And, um, you know, I got to where, Essentially, how my therapist, Catherine, uh, diagnosed it was that because I got scrutiny from like a small amount of people, I basically like developed this mindset of, oh, well, I'm not good enough. So now I have to prove it to them so I can prove it to myself that I am good enough. And it, I mean, it happened in you know, that mindset took over with my relationship with my girlfriend, relationship, with my family, relationship with God, like everything. Mm-hmm. And it, th- there became a point where like, I didn't know how to handle it. And I, w- I would like just drink every night because I just tried to numb it somehow. And I didn't mm-hmm. know, I didn't know what to do. And it was like October this year. It was just a really, really dark place for me. And, you know, I said something stupid on Instagram. Like I would read all these comments. I was, I was really drunk. And I would read all these comments and there'd be like hateful <laughs> comments. And yeah. like, I just like said the super inappropriate mean thing back to this woman who commented something on my page. And like, I woke up the next day and like, didn't even, didn't even know what I said, but it blew up everywhere. And it was just, <clears throat> man, it was rough. And, you know, it was like an ongoing process. And I'll just stress that therapy really helped and I was one of those guys beforehand that thought oh well you must be weak if you need therapy but the fact is like 
we're all dealing with some kind of crap. You know, it's just, well, I wouldn't call it crap. That's not the way to say it, issues, because it's not crap. Yeah. But no. um, yeah. we're all dealing with some sort of darkness, I should say. Um, yeah. And that's something that it took that moment. I mean, I actually had another job lined up in Texas. And after the company caught wind of what I said, that woman, they withdrew their offer for that job. And so I felt like, and then that's when like my relationship with my girlfriend got really bad and it just felt like the whole world was coming down. But again, kind of like our situations earlier, you kind of need, you kind of need moments like that in order to take a look at yourself in the mirror and then do something about it. And, you know, I'm, it's, things have gotten way better. It's still, I mean, shoot, I relapsed like a week ago. I went out with some friends and I um, got really drunk and obviously I know why I did it, but it's just, as long as they're a steady pursuit of like getting better, then that's really all you can do. You know, you just got to take the actions for it. But yeah, that was a long answer. I'm sorry, but. Um, no, you're good. This is like the type of stuff I we like to talk about and it's important to talk about. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was, it's been a grind, but we're, um, we're slowly, uh, slowly getting out of it. Yeah. Well, um, that's amazing to hear because it's scary when you're in those dark places and you don't know it's like what to do. Yeah. And it's, you know, I actually lost my job in April because of COVID. And so that was like an identity that I had. And then like I lost followers because I was, a Trump supporter. And that was an identity that I had. That, that was something that I never thought would ever be an issue with me is that I would care that much about what random people thought. Right. Um, so that, that was an identity that I had, you know, and, and essentially, you know, I felt like I lost my girlfriend because our relationship was never the same after I said that thing in October. And that was, that was an identity that I had too. Um, yeah. Sorry, my phone just acted up. And then like, but again, like, I feel like looking back on it, I needed to get stripped of all of those things to just kind of be, you know, metaphorically naked and like see myself for what I was and like what issues I had and to build a plan to get better with it. Yeah, no, it, I, I agree. I think you sometimes need those like the bad that's otherwise it doesn't life isn't as good if even if it's all good. Mm-hmm. it's not as like fulfilling you need, you need those bad things to make the changes agree because you know if I hadn't lost all that then my mindset still might be that I'm not good enough and maybe yeah. I'd be relying too heavily on those things to get by but in reality deep down those insecurities would still be um I guess unknown Right. And I think, too, one of the things, um, I'm like having like a brain moment. <laughs> um, like one of those things, too, it's like social media really can get to everybody. That's yeah. the, and, and you kind of get those identities from social media, like having those bad moments of seeing these people comment that would probably never even say what they say online to you in your face and that's like what's so hard too it is and it's it's an ongoing issue and it's frankly a dilemma right now but it's just 
there's that. And then there's the compare, you're just comparing yourself to everybody and losing right, like followers. It's like, that makes you yeah. lovable or not like a good person or not someone to look up to, but really that's on them. Yeah. Probably like I, they are like, I remember looking at like the guys I was on the show with and like comparing how many followers I had to them. And it was like a serious issue in my head. And I just yeah. like, I never thought that would be a thing for me. And, but it happens. You just compare and you, you see other people. Oh, well, so-and-so just went to, uh, you know, Egypt and so-and-so just like got this new car and you're kind of like looking at yourself. Yeah. You're just like, like, well, how can I get that? But the fact is like, you just can't, I mean, people, it's a highlight reel, you know, and people are going to post that stuff. And frankly, it's because everyone in today's world needs, you know, I think everyone essentially kind of feels like in a certain way, they're not good enough and they need the affirmation. And that's partially what's problematic about social media. And, um, you know, and I, I could tell you right now, if, if, if it wasn't like a side business for me, I wouldn't be on it flat out. That's but, pretty good for me too. Yeah. It's a necessary evil. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, um, yeah, it's just part of it though. But again, the, as long as you identify like what's going on in your own head and really sit back and think, okay, like, am I posting this for me? Like, am I proud of this? Does this represent what I want to represent? Or am I doing this to get a like? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, unfortunately it took me <laughs> over here to figure that out, but thankfully we figured it out. Yeah, no. And I'm still figuring it out to this day. Like, it's just, it's going to always be one of those things. I think that like you're figuring it out, but then maybe one bad incident or one thing like, Oh, I wish that I was doing that could set you off yeah. again. It's just, it's always, mm -hmm. you're always learning. You're always growing. Mm -hmm. And I think we kind of talked about this for a minute, but I like to just ask this specific question to everybody. Cause my saying is that we're all forever strong, that you're forever strong. And sometimes you don't feel it, but it's because you have strength deep down and you just got to find it. So when you're having those bad moments, like back in October, when you were really like in a dark place, what did you do to stay, to become strong again? How did you stay strong? Um, I removed distractions. You know, I, um, you know, me and my girlfriend like didn't talk for like a month. I was on social media for a month. I tried to surround myself with people, um, who were very supportive um and uh you know people who weren't critical and because you're in such a like such a tender state right then and there and things can go i mean either really bad or really good from there and it's obviously very important that you build a foundation right then and there that things are going to get better mm -hmm. and so like i just have a small friend group um that I really just leaned on, you know, I mean, you know, it's, um, you know, my other friends had very busy jobs, but every night for like two weeks, they're like, Hey, let's get on the Xbox. Let's go play Call of Duty. Let's like, let's just like be bros and let's talk about it. And it really helps yeah. having that support group to talk about it with, because, you know, <clears throat> those first two weeks were so brutal. Cause I felt like I lost everything. Yeah. And but after those two weeks, you kind of realize that, you know what, everything's going to be okay, you know, and it's because I have these people, I do have a lot to be thankful for. I do have a lot that I didn't lose. And, um, 
yeah, you just got to lean on those around you that will help support you and show you love. I love that. And I think that is such an important note to like even end on really, like can't really yeah. get much better than that. Um, but where can my listeners find you on social media or whatever your any upcoming projects? Yeah, so I am uh, R Garrett P on Instagram. I'm off right now. Actually, I, f- I found that uh, taking breaks periodically does help me. So I'm actually off until February 1st. And then uh, Greater Performance Golf is my golf page on Instagram. Again, off that till February 1st. Those are my two uh, social media profiles. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and talking with us. And I just want you to know that you are a strong human being. So, and thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, This is another episode of With Love Alexa. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.